Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. Featuring a reimagined exterior with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and an interior built with robust materials and integrity, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. Its durability has been tested to the extreme while the cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Hello, good ID Tenty listener. This is the ID Tenty podcast number 1095. Say, what are you up to out there in the ID Tenty community? Let's check in with the corkboard, the virtual corkboard. It's a corkboard that's invisible. Um, but you can send us your thing at events at id10t.com, like Mike. Who writes, my name is Mike Shantz and my best friend Tom Stewart and I have made a thing. It's a podcast called the Everything Sequel Podcast, which is dedicated to the most difficult of movies to get right, the sequel. Amen, sir. We rank sequels in a series or rank the single sequels from each calendar year, declare each movie as good or bad, hash each sequel out, and then pitch a final sequel for the audience to vote on. We're having a blast and we'd love for people to give us a listen. Thank you. Brilliant idea, Mike, because the sequel is very difficult to get right, right? Because... You make a first of a movie and then accidentally a lot of things become amazing and then how much do you lean into those things and milk them for the sequel it just or, or, or make it too engineered or have to retcon a bunch of stuff like explain a bunch of things in the sequel. You know, I mean, it always it, 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 it's it, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to, to capture magic twice. And then the 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 third part of the series is a whole other so the third, the third movie, you actually, if a sequel sucks, you actually have some room for the third movie to be good, right? Because then, then people are coming from a place of low expectations. But it is not an easy thing to achieve. So, great job uh, on the podcast, and uh, hopefully, we can send some listeners your way. This episode is Corey Taylor from Slipknot, who is uh, it's a great dude. I mean, he was on four years ago. I feel like it was four years ago because I'm pretty sure he came to the At Midnight stages then. So that probably would have been, you know, like four years ago. And uh, we had a terrific chat. And this time we had a terrific chat because he's just a really nice, open, honest dude. And so we uh, we talk a lot about a growth and 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 the process of trying new things and going in new directions because Corey has a solo album that's out now called CMFT and it is available October 2nd which is a couple days from the posting of this podcast and was sort of a different direction for him and he, and so we we sort of talk about like oh yeah you know Slipknot is its own thing and then I had stuff I wanted to do but just as me and so you know during quarantine he just said fuck it I'm just going to do it and so he did he recorded this album that he'd been working on for a long time and there is actually 
uh, an acoustic performance of one of the tracks from this album, Highway 666, which is at the end of the podcast. So stick around, uh, stick around for that. But just thanks to Corey for just being a nice dude and a really terrific guest. So this is the ID10T podcast number 1095 with Mr. Corey Taylor. Let's roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Well, you know, it it seems like it's just been a minute. It's been years. I know. It was like four years ago. <laughs> I, I know, but there are things that happen in like January that feel like they were. Well, you know what? You're not. You're not wrong on that. I can't. I can't fault your logic. <laughs> time it is, time is, is feels very elastic right now. So. Dude, this is the weirdest time. I think I've ever experienced like through all, like all my years, even when I was a kid, like, I mean, this is just fucking bananas, man. Yeah. It, it is strange because it, this is one of those things and, and you have, I know you have, you have three kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, are, are they looking to you and going, dude, what the fuck? And you're like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it's, it's insane, dude. Like Got my it. son is about to turn 18 and is he's in Iowa. I haven't seen him in months because of this lockdown. So I'm like freaking out. Like we talk every day, but it's like, he's just, he's just not even bothered. Like, he's just like, whatever. It's fine. It's, and I'm just like, you're a maniac. Are you serious? Like, (laughs) I mean, I mean what it, again, just because of the, just because of the elastic nature of time, it feels like it's, I can't believe it's already September. And then also, Again, it just feels like we've been in this for years. Like, so yeah. I, I just can't, yeah. I can't fully, I think it'll be one of those things that we won't really be able to process until it's retrospectively. Hindsight. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but there's so much in this last, not just this year, but this last four years that we're going to have to figure out that is, I mean, there's no way for us to process everything that it has gone on, will go on. Like, it's just, it's, it's, and we've, we've reached that precipice where nobody, nobody knows what's going on, but then again, nobody trusts what's being told to them. And unless you see it, you have reason for doubt. And it's, which is crazy. Well, and what a perfect time to release an album. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The perfect time for me to tell people it's amazing and then either people blindly believe it. Well, I mean, listen, it you know, the truth of the matter is, even though I make jokes about it, I guarantee you there are people who are like, oh my, thank God there's a thing. You know, like you're putting something out there that's going to, hopefully kind of help people deal and distract people. It's something right. for them, you know, something for your fans to look forward to. It's something for you to right. be able to distract yourself with for a minute and kind of talk how I about, feel about the know, Snyder cut. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it is, it, you know, it, it, it will be really interesting to see 
all of the art that follows all right. of, you know, this chaos that we've been experiencing True. in the past six months. I don't understand why so many people have put off working, to be honest, like going, like doing stuff, putting stuff. I, now, movies I get. Movies I get, shows I get, obviously, like massive productions and stuff. But, I mean, d- dude, we didn't record this last year. We recorded this like four months ago, you know, like we recorded this in the quarantine. Like we were originally going to do this in January of of next year. Uh And when, when, when all of my travel plans went away, I, you know, was sitting at home and I was like, well, shit, dude, let's just do it now. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You might as well. But I I find that it's been, was the album pretty much, how do you work? Is it done before you go into the studio or do you have a bunch of solid ideas and then you just kind of like plow through them as you're recording and go, let's do this. Let's try this. Let's try that. Well, I mean, it's a little, a little bit of the, of the latter, but more the former, to be Got honest. Uh, I, I am a guy who I'm constantly writing. Like I'm, I'm constantly, I've, at, at any given moment, I have probably about 10 songs that I'm working on at a time, you oh, know, man. like, and really, honing in and it's it's usually when i you know i'm done with one that i turn my focus to another so these songs were written over the course of 20 almost like maybe even more 20 years and so this is stuff i've been sitting on you know and i knew that if i was going to do a solo album it was going to be stuff like this like stuff that i write for me basically and maybe people don't necessarily hear it you know it's because it's just it's stuff that doesn't fit with either of my other bands. Yep. But then again, that's the perfect reason to do a solo project is to give people stuff that don't fit with the, the normal narrative and really kind of fill in some pieces to the musical puzzle, at least for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it's just good that you've been able to be creative. Like I, I found it really hard to be creative I would have thought, oh, I have all this time. I'll write all this comedy. And it's like, right. I'm not really writing very much. I don't really, you know, so it makes sense to hear you say like, oh, this has been, I've been kind of like squirreling these away for 20 years. Right. And now this was the time that they were ready to bear the the fruit. Right. Yeah. Now, do you, let me ask you this. Do sure. you find it, do you work better on a deadline? Yes. Do you like, do you work like, and, and do your ideas feel better when you're pushed to be creative? Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm that way sometimes too. Well, I know when I have shows coming up that in my mind, there's a goal and right. I have to like, I'm just not good at, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the kind of, I'm not, a, I'm not great at going, Oh, I have, you know, like whatever, six, well, probably a year before I'll do stand up again to be right. honest. Yeah. and uh roughly and so i don't go i'm gonna write so much in a year i just go oh, i probably won't have a show until you know well into next <laughs> week year before the show. I'll just, yeah <laughs> yeah i was a, right. i was a write the essay the night before kind of a guy yeah. exactly yeah the, the 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 pressure of it just kind of like lit lit the fires inside and then i'm not second guessing because i just don't have time right. and i feel like I feel like kind of motivated by the anxiety of it. Right, and when right. I have all the time in the world, I'm just like, eh, I don't know what I want to write about. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you're, yeah, I'm just like that too. So I, I feel it on that. Yeah. But you put out a lot, like you do a lot of stuff though. Like you, you yeah, have but a, a lot of it. 
a lot of it is me going, I've got this idea. And then somebody goes, Oh, okay, let's, let's put it out. And then I just kind of sit, you know, quietly. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, okay, we need that in two weeks. And I'm like, Oh shit. And I finish (laughs) it. You know, I've done all my books were like that. Like I started my books ostensibly probably six months prior. And then I get an email from my editor and he's just like, you know, your deadline is in a month. And I say, Oh shit. And then I write six (laughs) chapters in one month that may be the most rambling weirdness of all time, you know? Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I, I feel like I've kind of done my last couple comedy specials that way where it's like, (laughs) you know, I've been working on stuff for a while and they go, okay, you're recording this in like a month. Like, Oh fuck. And when I look back, you know, I always go, ah, God, I wish I had spent more time developing that one thing. Right. And I didn't, but then here I am again, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. I'll just, it'll you know, be, it'll you know, work out. I see songs. I look at songs like bits, actually, because there's certain songs that, in retrospect, I've gone, man, I could have, I could have tried this when we recorded it. Maybe if we'd done right. it live, we could have added these couple things. Because then we do it live, you know. But with bits, it's harder because we come back to songs. Bits live in that moment. And then you're constantly, so it's a harder, I mean, it's yeah. so much harder for you. Do you find yourself coming back to, to bits that worked in the past and maybe reworking them with different things in different mm-hmm. directions? Or? I find there are recurring themes. And then there are things where I go, shit, I already did this in a special. Here's right. a great add-on or a great reworking of that bit, but I can't do it. It's like, it's- Because you, it's frozen in time. It's frozen. And that's what's, you know, the, like, that's the thing that I'm so envious about with music is that people want to hear- Yeah, they want to hear the They get upset if they don't hear- <laughs> you, if, you, if you do old jokes, people are like, fuck you. I, why am I paying to see old jokes? I already fucking right. saw this, you piece of shit. And so it's, you know, because stand-up is like, uh, comedy is like a magic trick. And once people right. see the reveal- they're like, yeah, I've already seen that one, man. Fucking right. do another one. Yeah. And, but with music, it's like, take me on the journey. And and I'm curious to hear your take on, because you say, look, you know, you, you have reimaginings of songs. What the expectation is when you're playing a show to like, hey, I want to try this in a different way. Do you feel like fans are like, no, no, man, fucking play it the way I know it. Or are they like, oh, are they along for the ride when you when you as an artist kind of need to express something in a new way? That's interesting. Um, There's been a couple of times where I've done not only, especially my acoustic shows, I've done uh, like, you know, broken down versions of certain songs and certain songs, they lend themselves to it. But then there are other songs that I've done almost complete reimaginings. Like uh, I have a bluesy version of 303150 that I used, that I used to do in my acoustic set that almost had like a Gene Genie kind of vibe to it. Uh-huh. Like Gene Genie kind of like uh, Johnny Cash vibe. And I noticed that people either loved it or, or were just, you know, I don't want to say put off by it, but they were just kind of like kind of foldy army, just kind of, yeah. like, I, I see what you see what you're trying to do, but I'm not going to bite, you know, like it was kind of <laughs> like that, you know, <laughs> the cool so thing is, is that I have um, the reverse of that is I have a, a full band version of Bother that I do every once in a while that is actually really, really cool and it impacts. And it's like, it takes it out of that, 
kind of acoustic realm and, and yeah. more into like a full ensemble piece. So, so I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's weird when I know I'm one of those dicks who just wants to hear the song the way it is, you know, right. however, <laughs> I can definitely appreciate, uh, a different take that has the kind of same soul to it, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's weird. It's a tricky, it's like, it's gotta be done just right. You know, you got thread that fucking needle yeah. or it's garbage on either side. You, you know? just never, I think you just never know because it, it, you know, I, as a, as someone who has been to a lot of concerts, I change my mind. Like sometimes right. I feel like, Oh, I, you know, because there, there, as an audience member in a show, there is a little bit of like, Oh, I'm um, I'm sort of in control of this experience. I'm paying to sort of see, <laughs> yeah, you right. know, the the puppet show of this thing that is so impactful to me. Wow. And then other times you're like, no, you go, you you know, express something new. And you go, what a great reimagining. But I couldn't tell you what my emotional rules are for either right. one. It just it's just kind of in the moment. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe it depends on a person's mood that day. Maybe it. De- depends on what's going on if they're even open to it because certain people are you know i don't believe that everyone is one way or another i think it depends on how you when you catch them you know i I think most people want to be more open-minded you know obviously but then you get somebody on the wrong day and they're just you know the steel trap comes down and they don't want to fucking hear about you from adam you know so it's like which like I don't know, man. I just, it, it's almost like you just kind of have to go for it and see what happens. Well, if it's authentic to you and it's something that you, I, that is really important to you, people then I think it's, it. yeah. And then I think it's worth taking the swing, you know, because that's, I think as long as people can sort of read that authenticity, I think they're, they'll be forgiving even if they're like, Oh, I didn't really necessarily think I wanted to hear the song that way, but I appreciate what he's doing and I like this guy right. and I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to go along with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so it's, yeah, I just kind of, I guess it's up to the, the night, you know? And, and so with the album, what's the plan? Are you playing anywhere? Like, it's just like, what's, what's I mean, I, I'm working on it. Let's put it that way. I'm trying to figure out again. I mean, trying to figure out what the fuck's going to happen, but I mean, I think maybe even earlier this time next year, uh, we'll, we'll be back. I'll be back on the road. I I think, I honestly think that by the beginning, at least spring or summer of next year, like we'll be fully like back on it. They're already experimenting with social distancing, quarantine shows and whatnot. That, that festival in the UK was actually very, very similar to something that I was going to, that was thinking about doing and was pitched to me by some people here in Vegas to, do a show kind of like that. Basically. Yeah. They're in the, uh, they're basically in the bike racks, you know, just kind of hanging out. Like everybody's got their own VIP section, which you can tell is very appealing to most people, you know? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to be this, the, the bridge that kind of gets us back to there. I don't think the drive-in shows are the way because there's no reaction, you know, drive-in shows, they, they work for movies or live streams. They don't necessarily work in a live setup because, and I've talked to comedians who have, who've done 
some of that. And they're like, the laughs are in the car. You can't hear anything. You, can't you, can't hear hear anything. anything. you just it's hear people like, people like honk or flash their lights. Right, exactly. It's like, what are we, Sturgis? What the hell's happening here? Well, what, well, what you need, like what you need, like what an audience really needs to do is come together as like a singular organism for a right. night, you know, for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever right. it is. And that's really hard to do. People are in cars because then it really is almost like, it's almost like they're watching it kind of on YouTube in a way, right. rather than their yeah. own isolated and experience. I love a drive-in movie as much as anybody, but when it's drive-in Broadway, I'm not really sure. <laughs> drive-in Broadway. <laughs> I don't know if that works or not. <laughs> you know? That's a fucking great, that's at least a sketch. But if it's not a sketch, then it's... it's <laughs> Either that or I give it two hours and it's a band name. You know, like people. Driving Broadway. <laughs> hey, we're driving Broadway from uh, Peoria, Illinois. What do they go? What do they And they just do like, they just do like speed metal versions of Broadway songs. Yeah, totally. You know, just. Like, My Fair Lady. Family, all alone in the moon. Just. <laughs> You have any cats fans out there? You like fucking cats? You love cats, dude. I love cats. <laughs> that's a fucking great. That is a great uh, idea. That would be a great bit. That'd be a great like. Just... Listen, when you're touring, if if you want to drop in a couple of Broadway covers, oh, I'm in. I'll totally go for it. Metal style. But you know, I it, it's what what's really inspiring about what you're doing is that I can understand. I'm guessing it's probably pretty safe when you, when you have like an existing we have an existing band, you know, it's like, I've been right. playing with you and a couple bands, but you're playing this one band for so long and you're so identifiable with it. And it's so, there is a bit of a safety zone, I imagine, because it's like, it's not, it's you, but it's also a, a right. thing. Right. There's an umbrella effect. There's an umbrella, yeah. like, uh, you know, I hate to use the word brand, but it is kind of like the, the branding of what like Slipknot. Oh no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And there's a, and like you said, I mean, not only there's safety, but there's a comfort in it, you know, where nine times out of 10, if it's not, if it's not something incredibly different, there's, there's a danger that you can coast in, in those things, but just be the fact that you have this history of music and you can touch on things that feel familiar and yet might not be pushing the envelope like you wanted to in the past, you know? So, I mean, luckily with Slipknot, we don't, ex- we really try not to do that at all. We really try to do different things. And maybe that's why for me doing something like this just feels like second nature is because oh, I'm good. always, always trying to not only keep the audience guessing, but keep them pulled in, you know, and keep them engaged and really show them that I still care about what I'm trying to do, you know? So for me, I I guess it's really about just not being, not being nervous so much about doing something like this, but being excited, you know? I mean, I've I've never done anything that I I didn't want to do, at least at first, Mm -hmm. you know, like as my wife says, I'll try anything twice. You know, just to make, <laughs> make sure I really don't like that. Let's you know? double check on that. Yeah. You know, you know what? what? I'm going to do one little... more time. Yeah. Okay. I tried it twice. I tried it yeah. twice. Uh, okay. I can totally say no. I can but totally um, no. when it comes to this, it's like, this is stuff that, you know, most of my friends know, like this is this, this style of stuff that I just love playing. Like we all love playing. 
just together. And, you know, it, it really has the sense of the acoustic shows and the cover shows that I've done in the past, you know, it's, it's celebratory. It's not, it's not anything trying to take itself too seriously. It's supposed to be, it's a fun album. It's, it's a good time. And I think because of that, that juxtaposition works because I'm not trying to cash in on the Slipknot brand or the Stone Sour brand. It's a much more different flavor, you know? Yeah. But I'm, because I feel like, I feel like it was just in the last week or so, but Rob Zombie had posted something on Instagram like, oh, there was, it was some sort of a date of, oh, this is the date where, you know, I released Hellbilly Deluxe and I had stepped out of right. White Zombie and I was, you know, I know it was something he felt like he had to do, but I know I'm sure he was also nervous about it because, right, then, right. you know, when you're in a band, you're kind of in a thing and then you step out as a solo artist and it's like, hey guys, it's me. Right. <laughs> Hope you like me. There's but, no one to hide behind. Yeah. But but I but it sounds like after everything you said, like, oh yeah, but this is this is so like this the idea of this, the concept of this is so already in your wheelhouse and your fans right. already understand this about you. And I think it's probably one of the things why they love about you. It's like, oh yeah, Corey does a lot of different shit. He's not just he's not just one thing, he's a bunch of different things. Right, right. And it's and it's the reasons why I do them. Yeah. You know, it's because I want to do them. You know, it's like I I, you know, I don't, I don't write books or, you know, work on screenplays or I'm in movies. Like I don't do any of that stuff just because I can. It's because I have genuine interest there that, that I love, you know, like, and then, and so, and that's the same with music, you know, the type of music that I make. And I've said this since day one is the stuff that I want to hear and I want to make. And then I'd share that with the audience. I don't necessarily make it for them. I make it for me first. And then I share it with the audience. So anything I put out there, I've already backed a hundred percent, you know, now in retrospect, there's certain stuff that I've gone back and listened to. And I've gone, you know what? I could have done that a little better. I could have tried this a little better. That's just because you evolved. Exactly. That's absolutely true. So for me, because of that, when people and my audience knows that when they hear something, they know it's where I'm coming from, like right. 100%. And they know that, that I, I'm not going to lie to them, that I'm just going just gonna to lay it down straight and give it to them. Yeah, and I think that is also because of the relationship that you've built with them, they understand that about you. Right, and right. I think that's part of probably what the fandom is, is like, you know, what's Corey going to do next? Like, is it right, you know, right. going to be a book? Because, you know, be a movie? Be there's obviously that group of, of the, the metal side that just wants me to growl and scream all the time. And then there's the, the, the stone sour side where they just want me to do acoustic stuff all the time, you know, right. and, you know, pour my heart out. But there's that middle ground that I've always tried to cover where it's seventies and eighties glam. It's, it's, there's some country in there. There's jazz, there's, you know, old school, you know, rap rock from the East coast, like New York city stuff, you know? So there's like all these different things that I'm really trying to kind of, you know, fill in the blanks with. And that's new territory for me. I don't know how, I mean, but everybody's really digging. I mean, we just dropped highway six, six, six today, which is, yeah. yeah. And that one, dude, that's a song to drive fast to. Like, it's a really good, like, it's a stomper, you know? And uh, that sounds completely different from the two releases, you know? So it's really setting the stage for people to go, well, what the hell is this album going to sound like? And the only thing I can say is rock. 
That's yeah. all I can say. It's a rock album. Now, that may mean every flavor of rock, but it's a rock album nonetheless, you know? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, and I and it seems to me that what, what you're describing, it took you all the years and all the other stuff you were doing to be able to present this kind like this would have probably been a tough first album for you to release oh yeah yeah if i hadn't done everything for 20 years yeah man i i mean that's i think one of the reasons why it made sense to do it now you know if i'd have done this 10 years ago it wouldn't have had the same importance for me it wouldn't have it wouldn't have felt right now you know 10 years ago i'd actually thought about doing a solo thing but again it was in the it was in i i made i created a band to do it with and then i basically didn't even put my name on it it was just junk beer kidnap band and i just kind of hid in that i was like well what's the point of doing a solo thing if all you did was start another band right and then that luck i mean it it you know kind of fell by the wayside and whatnot and it was fun while i was doing it but that's why i didn't do this then is because it just it wasn't time you know yeah but you're also you're able to pull from every discipline every experience everything that you've learned up up to this point right right be able to just like aim that at this at this project and that and that to me sounds really fun it's sort of one of the fun things about sort of like you know, getting, a, you know, like starting to get a little bit older as an artist where it's like, okay, now I got some time and experience and some technical this and some, you know, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, this is sort of like a retrospective of everything I've learned up to right now. Right, right. And it's also a reflection of the influences that maybe you've never shared before, you know, because with, with Slipknot and Stone Sour, you're kind of trying to push a different, like a new thing you know like really trying to kind of you know present things that hopefully people haven't heard before but with this this is actually more about and maybe that's the the point that i've hit in my career where i'm sharing more of the stuff that i grew up listening to you know the stuff that i was really into because i I noticed that with frank zappa when he did joe's garage there was such a doo-wop vibe to it that and it was you know well into his career that was actually and it was after he'd done all the prog weirdness and 
uh, <laughs> you know, he was getting into that stuff. And Joe's Garage, I think, is one of my favorite songs they ever did. That that album is ridiculous, you know. So maybe that's where I'm at, where I'm at this this point where I'm sharing some of the stuff that kind of got me through my teenage years, my early years, and 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 that led me to wanting to write stuff, you know. And I think also this time, because at the time when Frank was doing all that stuff, it's not like there were all these different outlets that knew what to do with it, you right. know? And, it, and when we look back, we go, oh, you can't put Frank in a box. He was Frank. Like he right. was just Frank right. Zappa. That's he was his own genre. His own <laughs> genre. But now because you have a direct, because of the internet, you know, like you can have a direct relationship. I mean, Rob, Rob and I talk about this all the time where I say like, it's so crazy. It's not like, you know, it's not like a ton of radio stations play Rob Zombie songs yet. He, on his touring cycle, he's his touring gets bigger and bigger every right. year, and yeah. it's like he has more of a direct connection to his audience, and that kind of old conventional, uh, you know, uh, content delivery system is definitely, you know, it's it's very antiquated. Absolutely, it's very antiquated. So it's great that you are able. We live in a time where you are able to try whatever you want and know, like. You know, there's not going to be some label executive going, well, I don't know how we're going to get this out to anybody. It's right. like, no, I can just put it out and I have a direct connection to my fans. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's been the thing that it's been a really weird learning curve over the years, you know, especially for me with so many projects, you know, and you, when you deal with people who just can't get their mind out of that old system, you know. Yeah trying to explain that to people and look for and thank God for my management. My management is so forward thinking and so always looking for the, the next way, the next thing to really, you know, try and connect and kind of wade through all that stuff, trying to explain that to someone who can't, you know, set the clock in their car is like, it's like trying to explain math to an almond. It's like there's no way what you're saying is going to get through because they can't they don't even really understand what the internet is, let alone how to utilize it. And really, you know, between social media and and streaming and all of that stuff. I mean, that's stuff that I, I'm just now starting to really kind of relate to and understand, you know? And it's t- it's taken years. It's really taken a long time to really understand the effect and watch the algorithms and all this weird stuff. And you just pray that people dig your stuff. And you're just like, like I don't even know what, what the hell, a t- who put the tick in the talk? I don't know what the hell's going well, on. Well, that's the thing is that you can't, and, and that's all the stuff that you can't control. So all you can do right. is just be true to what you want to say. And then, and sometimes, you know, like it may not, even if I, I had this really long, I had this conversation on the podcast recently with this um, musician named Molly Tuttle. And we were talking about Fleetwood Mac, Mac and Tusk. Right. And how when it came out, everyone pretty much was like, "What the fuck is this?" And now they look back and they go, oh "My God, what an inc- what an innovative genius, right. genius thing they did with a hard right turn after rumors." And so it just it just took some time for society to catch up. So you can't control any of that stuff. So right. all you can do is make what you want to make, and then fucking at the end of your life, they'll look back and go, "Oh my God, look, Corey did those some amazing stuff. Look at all these right. things he tried." Yeah, yeah. And that's all you can, that's all you really can hope for. You know, I've always said the success is, is surprising to everyone, including the person who was successful, you know, (laughs) because nine times out of 10, you're just kind of doing stuff to see if people dig it. And then all of a sudden everything blows 
was up. You know, I'm sure Lady Gaga was that way. But I don't know if she really understood that she was going to become so iconic. You know, it's something that when you're in that moment, you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, it could be cool. But then to get to the point where you can't go anywhere. Right. You know, that level of fame, people don't expect expect that and when they when you don't expect that you're not prepared for it and it just throws you into this craziness you know so success is you know it, it all t- comes down to what you think is like success means too you know so for me it's just you know getting songs out there and having people dig them and using these different tools and whatnot has been it, it's been interesting you know, especially when it comes to putting myself out there and really having people realize all of the things that I've done in my career and maybe people who've never heard of me before going, oh, shit. And then they do a deep dive into my background and really check out the things that I've done. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where will I be ready when something like that happens, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, if you get six, if you get that kind of like mega crazy, you know, one of the most famous people in the world success at a young age, right. that's got to fuck with you. It has to, I, I, you know, when, when you've lived a little bit longer and you kind of understand, like, not, not that I'm saying that there, I'm sure there isn't, you know, the dangers of a kind of an ego trap or being taken right. advantage of by people right. who just want to, you know, siphon off your success. But I, I think if you're a little bit older, you 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 just have a little more of a perspective on it that you where you might go, okay, yeah, this is cool. Maybe doesn't mean everything right. in the world. Because I really think the most success, the best success you can ever ask for is like, you know, do I am I able to do the things I want to do, and do I not have to do anything to survive? Right. Do not have to compromise anything in order to survive. Right. And if you can, if you can do those things, you know, if you can, then I think that's success. You get to do what you want to do. And, you know, like the metric of how much money, how many albums, how many people it's like, right. well, I don't know. Does that, does that matter? Like, isn't it really like, are you happy what you do, what you're doing? Are you right. happy with what you're doing? You know, the, the, when I realized that money doesn't equal quality, I think that was when I really stopped worrying about money. You know, I, I mean, I make a good living, but obviously I'm not, you know, like I'm not rolling in it, you know, but I, I can pay my bills and my kids are fed, clothed, and they have college funds if they want to go to college. Yeah. That's all I really ever wanted, you know, like my, my, want for material things is so small when it, you know, in relation to people who hunger for money and the things that they think make them feel bigger than they are, that it's almost good that, you know, I, I, I found a, a level of success that I wanted, you know, where it's like, I get to do whatever I want really. And I'm, but I'm also, I don't have people camped outside my house. I'm not like followed by hordes of, of shitty camera people, you know, like I can live my life and I can also pay my bills and I get to make music. So I'm fine with where I'm at, you know, like I'm, I'm all set. I don't need any more bullshit, you know? And, you know, for people who 
are people who look to you and they go, wow, you know, I really want to do, I really want to do that. I want to do what Corey does. You know, I think the idea of saying like, yeah, find who you are, like be the best version of you. So what have you learned about becoming the best version of you that you could kind of advise people who are starting on their path now, like here's how you kind of discover who you are. Some of it's just right. an experience, but do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's different for everybody, but the thing that I've really realized is that the more you can know, not only who you are, but who you want to be, the 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 stronger your base can be when things go off the fucking you know the rails you know i've had a handful of times in my life where i've struggled with addiction i've struggled with you know um depression uh just dealing with things like that it has been easier because i know who i am what i've been through but i also know who i want to be you know, it's the people who don't have an identity that can't focus on one to work towards, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's not really pushed out there. You know, like there's a lot of people who are listless in their life and they and they feel kind of pulled in certain different directions and they don't understand things. And I think the reason that they can't find the, uh, the you know, a place of of peace and gravity is because they've never really let themselves figure out who they are. Right. And once they do that, that gives you that core, that gives you that foundation and almost like a touchstone to kind of come back to. And, you know, so when things do get fucking crazy, it's, it's easier to go. It's like, you know what, this isn't something I would do. This isn't something I believe in. This isn't something I would engage in. We all have crazy times in our life that, you know, we look back on and we're we're either like, well, that was nuts. Or we go, I can't believe I fucking lived through that, you know? But if we have a center in our life and we know who we want to be, we don't want to live in the past, then we look back on that as a memory and not something that's, might happen again you know right. so it's it just comes i guess i guess it just comes down to that you know self-realization is is probably the strongest you know trait anyone could have you know and it's but a lifelong journey it's like it is man and it's and i think it's harder now because there's so many distractions yeah um so, i mean jesus christ we're all cats with laser pointers just fucking <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just <laughs> end it with meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I, I often, you know, like think it's good for people to, for people to go, fuck, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know. It's like, you know what? It's all in your head. Fucking write it down. Just right. write out who, who you are, what is important to you, what you want, and what resources do you think you possess today to take any sort of incremental step toward those things. Or like, or, you know, a good question is the hypothetical game where people go, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. And you go, okay, fine. 
what, but what if, what if you pretended that you were the type of person that could, what would that person do? And sometimes taking it out of your own first person perspective can help solidify and give you kind of the right vantage point to start processing some of those things, putting down some of those ideas and thinking about right. it in that way. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Um, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's not even just trying to figure out who you are. It's just like finding out what your ideal is. Right. You know, and, and then just kind of working towards that. And maybe one of those day, one of those days, the ideal becomes the reality. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, at least if it's, you know, if you look back at the 20 years of work you've, you've done and, you know, and I, someone said to, you know, Corey Taylor 20 years ago, all right, in 20 years, you're going to release this solo album and it's going to be the culmination of all this stuff, but you got to go through all this stuff to get there. You might be like, I don't know if I feel like doing all, I mean, you know, it, it's just like, you really do have to, you know, and as, you know, as someone who's been in recovery from drinking right. for 17 years, it, right. the, the day at a time thing really does have value to it. Like, and it's not yeah. just about addiction. It's like, even now, especially, you know, in a pandemic, just do what you can get through what you can accomplish in a day. Right. Try not to take too much of the past on, try not to be too bogged down by the future. Who knows, you know, like just go easy on yourself, you know? Right. Do you ever feel like you're settling for your foundation? That is Maybelline's new instant age rewind eraser foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles with SPF 20 and moisturizing pro vitamin B five. This foundation not only provides medium coverage in a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation, and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I can't, I can't agree with you more. I mean, it's, I would absolutely embrace it. I, I feel like my younger self would, would embrace it. Like 20 years ago at the very beginning like in 99, when we were really taken off with Slipknot. Yeah. I feel like my younger self would have understood that. It's like, oh, you're going to go through some shit. I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, I've <laughs> been through shit before this, you know? So it's, I guess maybe it's like putting it in in perspective would would actually even would have helped me deal with it. like, well, I like told myself I was going to go through this. Let's just fucking hunker down, you know, but. I, I feel like, you know, I, I've never had any regrets in my life, you know, like I really haven't. There's, there's things I maybe wish, I wish I'd have thought through a little better, you know, like I, there's a couple of marriages I wish I'd thought of through a little better, but um, I don't regret anything because I'm here. I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. And I went through all that stuff to get here, you know? So 
for me, yeah, I think that'd be an easy, easy talk, you know, because I could lay it out and knowing me, my, my thought process isn't much different now than it was back then. I was just a little fucking crazier, but right. I feel like I could have, like my younger self would have processed it and been like, all right, I'll just, I'll wear better shoes. <laughs> all right i'll stretch okay i'll stretch you know what? i'll stretch out the hammies i'll you know i'll i'll, I'll you know I'll focus on my calcium intake strengthen these bones <laughs> i know i have a hard out with you so i have 25 minutes left so i just i would love to talk some horror uh, okay and kind of oh by the way i sent uh, of course you know rob knew who this guy was but I, I found I stumbled across this video on the obscure media subreddit a few few weeks back of this dude called uh, Screaming Lord Such. Do you know who he is? Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I had no. It was like, oh, this guy, this guy's performing this song called Jack the Ripper in front of a, a late '60s uh, group of kind of like buttoned up British teenagers who do not know what to make of it. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, is this guy the original horror rocker? And he's basically just like screaming into the microphone about Jack the Ripper. It's, um, I don't know anything. I didn't know much about him. I don't know much about him personally or anything about him. But Rob goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know all about that guy, you know. He said him and then another dude uh, called uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, who I also. Yeah, Screaming Jay. He was was a blues player. Um, Screaming Lord Such, I want to say was from Europe. Yeah, he, I think uh, he was a British guy. He was a British, yeah, he was a British just, guy, and I met. We met him on one of our. I think I was. I want to say it was our second tour of Europe. He came to one of our Slipknot shows. Oh wow! And, uh, so this, yeah, he was still he was still alive. I, I don't know if he's still alive now or just passed away, but he uh, he came down and we were like blown away. We were like, holy shit! I mean, it's really really cool. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, he's he's fucking amazing, dude. You want to talk about way ahead of his time? Yeah, they just the yeah. audience literally did not know what to make of him, and it and to to understand the context of like, oh, I think people are seeing this kind of thing. You know, they're just they don't they they just don't even have the. It's it like watching Marty McFly play. Uh, you oh, know, be good. Yeah, so it's gotta be good. They like. They just don't have the frame of reference for it yet. Right. You know, I guess you guys just aren't ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like that kind of thing. <laughs> but the, the the sort of the weaving of of, of horror and, and music and rock, is it is it, do you think some of it's the aesthetic or is it just sort of like that kind of like raw, emotional, adrenalized um, uh, thing, that quality that like a really good horror movie has? Is it just that kind of raw emotion? What What do you think the connections are? Uh, I mean, I think it's that, um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, especially for kids, like teenagers, it comes down to it being cool, cool to watch, cool to look at. Um, you know, the, the, especially the people who are too cool for school, like trying to pass off, like they're not getting the shit scared out of them. Right. And then all of a sudden you look over and they've got the pillow. On the, on the, on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I lo- I used to love that. Um, I-, I think it comes down to, you know, does it look cool? Does it look real? Does it look like, is it gory enough? Like it's, I, I think one of the things that's always kept um, horror in, especially in the metal crowd was the fact that it mirrored our own 
sense of not isolation, but just being almost like uh, that, that social pariah status, you know, like we were obviously not listening to top 40 and, you know, most fucking horror movies weren't being nominated for, you know, Oscars and shit with the exception of American werewolf in London, you know? So it, it's, it, you know, I, I think there was just that, that kindred spirit that naturally attracted me and my friends to it, obviously. And it was just, you know, at the time, horror movies were fucking dope, dude. Like, they were so cool, you know? I wanted to be a lost boy more than anything else in the fucking planet. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a tough, you know, it's like, I, my wife and I watched that movie again recently, and, you know, with the exception of the... uh amazing you know that amazing saxophone concert that everyone goes to see on the beach you know how teenage kids love to go see muscle dudes play the same you know fucking ahead of time dude i'm telling you hey i guess you guys are ready for that but your kids are gonna love it but, uh... <laughs> could you imagine if you've done that oh oh that would have been amazing but you know we're watching that you know watching jason patrick's character and my wife and i are like Wait, so why doesn't he want to be a vampire? Like neither one of us could right. understand right. like what like what was so what was so bad about, you know, it's like, hey, he gets to be young for, you know, like they I mean, yeah, they, you know, yes, they have to hunt, you know, sometimes, but right. you know, it, it it actually was like, Oh yeah, I don't know. It see it seems kind of fun. Yeah, the yeah, it was yeah, I, I'd have been I'd have gone full on. I would have been just <laughs> just think about it, dude. You you get cooler clothes, you get a better motorcycle. Jamie Gertz could be your chick. I mean, you wow. get to you 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 hang from your toes to sleep. Right. Yeah. Totally. Oh my god! I just realized Alex Winter is in that. I gotta watch the Bill and Ted. <laughs> totally. I gotta watch Bill and Ted, the new Bill oh, and Ted movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Face the Music yet, so I gotta I gotta see that. That that, that is joyful to think that, just out of the pure passion and love. Uh, that that movie was able to get made, like a third right. Bill and Ted movie was able to get made. Yeah, and, I, and I, from the and reviews, I love I that think, they came together to do it, man. Like that's oh, that's so rad. I know they've been talking about it for a long time, but it just felt like, oh, is this ever going to happen? And right, you know, Alex had come on the podcast over the years, and he go, you know, I talk to Reeves about it all the time, and he's in if we can find the right. So I'm just glad they did. Yeah. Are you yeah. are you looking to uh direct any more horror stuff or do you like do you want to direct like what do you want to do you want to make horror stuff? I mean, I've I've written I've I've got a, a handful of scripts I'm actually shopping right now. Um that uh I don't I don't know if I want to direct to be honest because A I've never I've never directed anything in my life and I don't know if I'm a Clive Barker who can just walk in and be like, "Okay, this is what I want to see." And you know, it's like yeah. I, I write visually, but at the same time, it's not my passion. My passion is in the writing of it and then seeing it kind of put up there. If I had the right director to kind of shadow and, you know, and maybe kind of like hands-on produce with it, I don't know, maybe. But, yeah, it's just never been something that was my wheelhouse, you know. It was never my, like, intention to become a director. Yeah, it is. Uh, I... I... I've often thought about it and, but every time I watch a horror movie and we're, my wife and I are pretty forgiving because we know that it's very hard to make a movie, particularly in right. horror where the, a lot of the budgets are low and they have constraints. So it's like, right. well, they couldn't show this one kill because they didn't have the effects or they didn't right. have the budget. Maybe they lost light that day. You know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And so 
but because we watch so much stuff, it's almost put me off from one indirect because I go, well, I don't, I feel like every idea I have, I've go, oh no, I've seen that. Oh no, no, but that's like this thing. Oh no, no, but that's like that. And you know, I, it's, it's such a delicate balance with horror to like, you know, original idea, original presentation of an idea, original new presentation of, of old tropes or old ideas. Right, right. The right amount of action. There's this new trend in horror now, which is called elevated horror. And I feel like what that means is it's very well acted. It's very beautifully shot, but nothing happens really for like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh yeah, the value. The last 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> then it all like, and then it, then you kind of go, well, uh, I hope that justified the first hour and 20 minutes that right, we watched. Right. Otherwise it was just long. <laughs> I feel like that's, when it works, it, it, it really works. Like Hereditary works right. like that, which I loved. But I can't, there's certain movies I can't watch again because I was so fucking uncomfortable watching it the first time. <laughs> like me and my wife were like laying in bed. This was the middle of the afternoon, by the way. And she was like, she's like, let's watch a horror movie. Have you seen Hereditary yet? I was like, no. And we put it on, dude. And we were just slowly but surely leaning forward. Like, and it's on the TV. So we're just lurching up in the bed going, what the hell's happening? What the fuck is happening? Like it was to the point where then the absolute beautiful payoff at the end where you're just. Yeah. I mean, that, that movie isn't, is, and that one's about two hours long. I think it's almost two hours long. And the first hour is just like, you just feel so uncomfortable watching this family process, these tragic things that have befallen them. And they're just screaming and crying and most of it. And you just, it's, it almost feels like, being at your friend's house and watching their parents get in a terrible fight. And you just feel that like, yeah, I don't think I should and yet be there. You're right home. And you can't like, you're stuck. You're just and like then all of a sudden before they take you home, some weird supernatural demonic thing. On right. Right. And- totally. <laughs> and- like, now we gotta get in the car. What the fuck? Oh. Oh. Dude, can you drop me off? Your dad just lit himself on fire. Do you yeah, mind? Dude, uh, uh, I mean, and he's still on fire. Yeah, so I got to get home. It uh, doesn't seem to be affecting him, and that's really off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> I wish are, – are you keeping track of all the – my wife and I watch some of the stuff, and I, I always forget to write down the good ones, you know? Uh, I uh, well, it's so far, it's so few, far in between. But at the same time, it depends. They're all fun, though, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like there's the good ones, and then there's the good bad ones. Right. So you just find a way, and trust me, I've been in a, a couple of bad, bad ones that are just no <laughs> fucking fun whatsoever. And it's it's the old adage that's that Seinfeld said. He's like, you watch a bad movie, it's two hours. You're in a bad movie, that's two years. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. I was like, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you never know. And I think that's sort of the agreement that horror fans have to the genre, which is, right. you know, listen, it's in a way, it's almost, it almost feels like going to a great flea market where you're going right. to just rifle through stuff some of it's going to work for you. Some of it's not, but it's all kind of fun to look through anyway. Exactly. And if you walk out with nothing, it was still a good, like a good experience. You still know? a good experience. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I mean, I, I find that we, I find that we're actually running out. We've run out of stuff, you know, every day we're checking shutter and we're checking, you know, the different platforms, like anything new, anything new. We just want to watch something right, new. Right. 
and now I feel like we've gotten to a point where it, it's like we're we're just spoiled consumers. We're just like more, right? We need yeah. Because <laughs> I can't I can't watch. I have a real hard time watching like real like um, realism. I have a hard time watching real dramas because I'm like those. I feel very sad. Those make me feel right. sad because right, those right, things right. can happen. I need the layer of separation with horror so that yeah, I can totally kind of deal with it. You, you, it's almost like we need it. It, it needs to be a. I mean, that's the whole point of going to a movie is to get lost in it, right? It's like, I don't want this to feel that close to home, you know? Right, so like, right. I'm like, I'm like, why would I want to go see a fucking movie that could happen to me? Screw yeah. that. I want to see, <laughs> give me Marvel movies where it's like, I know this is bullshit. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I don't it's, need real drama. The world is dramatic. Like, the I don't world need sucks it. right now. Why the hell? Yeah. No, I don't need a dissertation on some shit that might happen. No, I don't need you know, that. At, at this point, if like a bunch of vampires swooped in, people would be like, yeah, that tracks. That tracks for 2020. Right, yeah, vampires. Totally. Yeah, who what had vampires? Hats? What who color hats vampires? are they wearing? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, are you pretty much, are you going anywhere? Are you able to kind of, you go outside your house at all? Like, are you able to... Yeah, I mean, distance. <laughs> I mean, uh, the thrill of my life is uh, every four days taking my my five year old back to her mom's house, you know, yeah. and then her getting dropped back off. But we, you know, I mean, we go out, we do stuff. Um, not a lot, I, you know. It's usually just running errands and stuff. But yeah. um, I've uh, I've been to California and back a couple of times uh, for work. Um, like, you know, just kind of, you know, doing some press stuff and some setup. Um, I haven't flown in months, dude. It's yeah, been, I know, me too. been crazy. Yeah. I, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, this is the longest I've been off the road in 20 years. And I'm, it's, it's like, there's a part of me that loves it, but then there's that part of me. It's just like, yeah, but you, Hey, listen, asshole, you can't do anything. It's right. like, it's just like, this isn't the vacation you wanted. It's like, it's like if you took a, a cruise to the Bahamas and then never got off the boat, you know, right. you stayed in your goddamn room. And you're just like, <laughs> there oh, it is. Time. Wave, look at the, the little porthole. Wave yeah, down. you can see it. Like you can smell the salt. Like it's, it's like, we're there. It's like, we're there. <laughs> well, don't underestimate by the way, the effect that when you start touring again, it might take a minute to get back into that momentum. Oh, it's going to yeah. kick your ass a little bit. You're gonna be like, how the fuck did I do this for 20 years? Dude, I, you know what? And the funny thing is like, I've been thinking about that. It's like, I'm like, how do I get back into the swing of like, I mean, cause to me though, I'm looking at it almost in a, in a weird way where there's like, like I feel for like the last maybe decade or so, maybe longer. I've been take like, I've been taking for granted Mm-hmm. A lot of the places that I get to go and see and do. It wasn't until I met my wife and and we uh, we got married and then she you know came out and, and saw some of the world with me, where I was like, she's having a great time. What the hell is wrong with her? You know, I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, she's experiencing the world. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. What is this? What is this joy that you seem to be just wearing on your face? And I'm like, oh yeah, we're here together. Like we're doing fun stuff. So it's almost like she kind of retaught me to enjoy and, and really embrace what I do and what I get to do and what I get to see, you know? So I'm thinking maybe when the time comes, I won't feel as cynical mm-hmm. as I used to. 
I'll really, it'll almost be like experiencing touring again for the first time, you know? But this Your time, fans might be- watch you openly weep on stage the first right. show because it's just like the, just that experience of like, oh my God, I didn't know if we were going to be able to do this again. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and the whole audience will have to have a good cry. Yeah, everybody's going to hug each other. It's like, be like that, that scene in the stand where they get, they have the, the get together, at least in the book for the first time. And it's like five minutes of just thunderous applause and everybody bawling. And, and <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate it. You definitely will appreciate it. And that's, oh, that's yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, I know you have a hard out in a couple of minutes. Is there anything else you want to cover before we wrap it out? Um, that's a good question. Uh, no, I mean, the album comes out August, uh, October 2nd. Um, yeah, album's out October 2nd. We're going to, uh, we just dropped Highway 666. Um, you can check that out on all the streaming sites and, uh, it's up if you've pre-ordered on like iTunes and stuff. It's, it, it's an automatic. I think this goes up September 29th. I think this will go up. A couple okay. So right when this comes out, um, another tune will drop. Uh, actually uh, called Culture Head, which is a little heavier, a little sludgier, mm-hmm. uh, a little more like uh, Alice in Chains meets S.O.D. kind of vibe. Okay. It's pretty rad. Um, and it's, you know, uh, it, yeah, I, I think, yeah, people really, really dig it. Um, and wh- uh, I am working on something possibly, uh, possibly a live thing. So, but that's all I can say about it right now. Cause I have not been cleared to say anything. More. I totally understand. No, I totally understand. <laughs> and, and listen, you know, if that thing happens to be uh dr- drive in Broadway with the first song, <laughs> speed cats, when you guys do speed cats, eh, dude, know. when we do speed cats, I'm going to be the fastest cat on that, on that stage. I'm going to be full rum tum tiger outfit. You know, <laughs> he's a curious cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even just picturing it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just me, like fully, just like like Tom Cruise running in a, in a rump you, tiger <laughs> outfit. Tom Cruise running. I know what you're talking about. The flat hands. This guy. This guy. This guy. It's that. It's that I'm like aer- I'm aerodynamic. I'm aerodynamic. Robert Patrick, like T1000. Right. That's exactly the car. Where you know, he's just just going for no it. expression, just just <laughs> determination. But I feel like just how we're plowing through twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get us out. Just yeah. hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes some of the best ideas come from bits and being sarcastic. You're like, hey, we were being sarcastic, but this might actually be a good idea. So, just, you know, Corey, just sit with it. And just and and the other thing is just let me know how I can be a part of it. That's oh, all absolutely. I want to know. Dude, you're the first one I'm calling, man. I, I really appreciate that, <laughs> man. It's it's really good to see you. I'm so happy you're doing well and hanging Thanks, in there. And I'm so excited that you were able to kind of just pull the shit together and go fuck. Let's just do this now and get it right. done in time. I think people are really going to appreciate it. And you know, again, it just shows that you're true to who you are. And you have a great respectful relationship with your fans. And that's, that's, you know, like what more could you possibly ask for? Right. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And like, you know, like I said, it's, it's good to see you. It's been way too goddamn long. So let's, let's do this again. 
I would love to. Hang in there, man. Congratulations on the album. It's so good to see you. Oh, and I hope it's not too. another four years. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. I'll talk to you later, dude. The end. One, two, three, four. When the devil ran me down It's ready to burn, ready to fix When the devil ran me down He says, son, your soul's good as mine Just give me more and you'll be fine I turned and waved goodbye When the devil ran me down That's But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.